Welcome to the Backyard PA Football Podcast. Pennsylvania's backyard lives here. Don't bring that trouble with you. Don't bring that trouble with you. Big time players from the big time games, and that's what we did, baby. Yes, sir. Hello and welcome back to the Backyard KA Football Podcast where we talk everything backyard Pennsylvania sports, that is the area between Pittsburgh and Morgantown, more specifically Greene County, uh, Westmoreland County, Fayette County, um, uh, and Washington County. Uh, Jeremiah, welcome back to the podcast. Yeah, thanks for having me. Uh, I, I didn't think I was much of a guest. I thought this was like like, like 55 you, 45 me, but I, I guess I'm just a reoccurring guest. So I, I see where I see I, I see, I see, I see where I stand on the totem pole. So I'll just sit back and uh, take my place. Well, camp has actually just begun. Uh, how are you feeling? <laughs> yeah, yeah, feel feel great. Yeah, I guess I, I don't have to do heat act anymore, so that's a blessing. Uh, that was always the worst part of uh, the football what have you, you know, the getting ready and preparation for everything that week all, it it never seemed to fail. Like going, I I always felt I was in good shape going into heat act and camp and I wasn't, and it showed early and often, but, uh, yeah, I will say one thing. It has been very hot down here, uh, in green County. It's been raining a lot and I think that's making it worse. I think it's making it more humid and everything, I always remember heat act when I had it, it was always like sunny and 75 degrees. Like it was the cool, it was always funny. Cause it was like the coolest week of the summer. But then, then, then we had camp and it was three a days and it was 95 every day. Like we'd get, we'd have our first morning practice at six 30 in the morning and it'd already be like 80 degrees. But yeah, that's enough of me. Let's talk about the, the two way century conference. That is correct. We're going to be discussing the Whippeal 2A Century, so your Wash Highs, your McGuffies, your Charters, Houston. Uh, we're definitely excited to jump into this conference. And let's start it off just giving the a recap of the century as a whole last year. Uh, McGuffey ended up winning the century um, for the first time in years. You know, Wash High has had such a stranglehold over this conference in recent history. But uh, just give me what your recap was of this conference, some of the standout players and teams and storylines that we saw last year yeah well the one thing just off the bat i'll get the bad of what i saw last year out of the way this conference wasn't as good as we anticipated um and that showed in the first round of the wpio playoffs um you know wash high goes to apollo and loses and gets 
destroyed by Apollo Ridge, which is something you don't see from a Wash High team uh, losing in the first round of the playoffs, especially in that fashion. Um, and then McGuffey, you know, they had Sarah Catholic. There was a little interesting storyline there. Sarah Catholic was undefeated. Um, they were the away team, though, because they had a COVID outbreak, so they didn't get to play. I, I believe Apollo Ridge, I, I, they were in that same conference. It was them, Stowe Rocks, and um, Apollo, I believe. But, you know, Sarah Catholic comes to Claysville and wins on a last second heave. I was there for that one. That was uh, an all time classic. Um, yeah, this, you know, inside they wash high and McGuffey kind of rolled over everybody. There wasn't much excitement really other than that. Everyone else kind of fended for themselves, but it was really just a two team race. Um, and it was decided in week one and uh, one of the sloppier games I've ever been around. And McGuffey won uh, eight to six against or seven to six, excuse me, uh, to wash high beat him in years. Uh, but to the good news, there was a lot of great talent last year. Definitely wasn't. Um, a lack of talent, you know, a lot of, there's several guys returning, uh, ones that come to my mind, uh, there's Davon Fuse, quarterback of Wash High, um, this will be his second full year as a quarterback, he came from Trinity, he was a wide receiver, um, I feel like he really developed well towards the end of the year, this will be his second year with coach, um, Bosnick, you know, I think that'll be a big thing, you know, he's a QB whisperer. Um, it's always a next man up mentality at Wash High, especially at that position. Um, and I look Kyle Brookman at McGuffey. You know, he had limited touches last year because McGuffey had McKinley Whipke, Nathan Yagel until he got injured, um, and, and a few others. And Kyle Brookman, every time he got his chance, you know, he made it big time play. Uh, and he's going to be the big piece for McGuffey now this year in Dalton's offense. So those are two guys I'm looking for. Uh, Brennan Shannon's another one for Charleroi, talented receiver, safety there. He's going to have a big senior year, in my opinion. Um, Braden Boggs coming back from injury for Frazier. I look forward to seeing him. I know he's ready to get out there. He, he You know, the loss of his junior season in week two to Ligonier Valley. Uh, I know I'll be excited to see him back. So, so yeah, all in all, the Century Conference, I know I came out and bashed um, last year to begin, but um, again, I think this will be a fun conference to watch for. Um, I, I, I do think, just a little tease early on, that it will be top-heavy again. Um, but with the WPIO making the expanded playoffs, you know, there's playoff chances for, um, you know, teams three through seven. I don't think the gap's that big between teams three through seven. So I'm really looking forward to covering this conference again this year. Yeah, I mean – Who's to say who would win that McGuffey Wash High game if you played that game at the end of the season instead of the beginning of the season? And, you know, Wash High still had their turnover problems even at the end of the season last year, especially in that game against Apollo Ridge. But what would McGuffey look like? You know, that offense was clicking on all cylinders at the end of last year. So, uh, who's to say? We'll discuss, uh, <laughs> that situation i'm sure at the end of this podcast when we discuss the uh, ranking teams but um let's kick it off here with the beth center bulldogs going alphabetically uh beth center finished i believe second to last in this conference maybe third to last uh, i'm not sure if they beat uh maybe we can go back and look i think they beat charleroi last year but uh let's see here actually no, charleroi, they, they, no. No. <laughs> charleroi shut them out 27 nothing okay so they finished second to last uh but you know colby coons goes down with an injury over the spring uh, they're getting a new coach, you know, Colby Coons' um, father leaves the program. So, uh, you know, 
what are you looking at best center here? Because, you know, not a lot of hope on the horizon, I'd say, for the Bulldogs. But, um, you know, what are you, what are you seeing from them entering the season? I, I, I just want to say, first off, how shocking this is to me. Best center has always been, um, you know, a local power. Um, back to their Tri-County South days. And even since they've joined the century, other than the last season, the year before that, they've been right in it. But I I don't know what's going on at Fredericktown. They're trying to figure some things out. Um, You know, new head coach, he's going to have his hands full. He's not going to have his best player in Coons back. Um, You know, uh, Aiden Shimchak, he's going to have his hands full. I'm sure he's going to get a lot of carries, the big senior tailback. Um, and other than that, a lot of guys are going to have to step up. Um, Ethan uh, Varesco, sophomore wide receiver, you know, <laughs> he's going to have to be, you know, you don't want to put a sophomore uh, in those p- positions to, um, you know, go out there and help the team. But, you know, sometimes you have to. And maybe he's up for the task. I don't know. Someone's going to have to prove me wrong. But, yeah, and even just looking at Beth Center's schedule, uh, it's going to be a tough one against Greensburg Central Catholic. You know, I, I follow a bunch of their coaches on Twitter. They're really impressed. I know they've got a lot of recruits. And, again, they have that advantage being Catholic program nonetheless. Um, and then at California, at West Green, at Char Houston, at Elizabeth Forward. Nice. And then your homecoming is Wash High. My goodness, this is the first time I've looked at their schedule. They got the gauntlet to start the season, and it doesn't get any easier. You got to get against the Fraser Commodores and at McGuffey. That that's a brutal schedule if I've ever seen one. Especially that first, you got a four game stretch where you're at California. That's just right down the road. At West Green, that's a good drive from Fredericktown. Char Houston's not too bad. Elizabeth Forward's a little up there, but still, those are some good. We're talking about. The two top teams, in our opinion, in Tri-County South, Char Houston, who we'll talk about later, and Elizabeth Forward, who's the defending 3A runner-up. That's a tough stretch for Beth Center. Yeah. Man. Yeah, and um, looking at their offensive line, too, I mean, you, they're they're deep. <laughs> like, if you look at their offensive and defensive line, they return just about, you know, almost all the starters. But as far as weapons go, I mean – you know who who's gonna who's gonna generate this offense because you know going down the stretch last year 18 points in five games in the middle of the season sandwiched with 20 points scores against Waynesburg and McGuffey uh you know they gotta find their offense from someone and losing Colby Coons is just not optimal even like if even if you're bringing him back I'm not sure how the offense even functions with him because you know it didn't function last year uh, so, you know, what – and th- this is going to be a final question here for the Bulldogs, but what will have to happen for the Bulldogs to be considered as having a good season this year? Build for next year. Um, you know, this is a story program. My dad and I were talking about them earlier. Tradition is a big thing. Um, there they got a coach that's been around, you know, the Mon Valley, Anthony uh, Rosito. I think I'm saying that right. Um, you know, he's going to have to, you know, this year's going to be tough. I'm not going to lie, but you got to look um, two, three years down the road. I know that's tough. I know Beth Center's a win-now program. They have that in the mind. The community of Fredericktown wants that. 
But really, they're just going to have to take their bruises now and their beatings now and look forward. You know, they, they do have a, a, a fairly young roster, um, the Bulldogs do. So, you know, get those guys some experience. You know, keep their heads in it too. Don't don't let them. You know, like put the team necessarily. You know, that's not what. You know, let them take their bumps and bruises now. That's going to help them when they're juniors and seniors. Um, I mean, there's some winnable games here though for um, Beth Center. I mean, you've got you know Waynesburg. That could be a toss up. You know, at Charleroi. I know the Charleroi um, shut them out last year, but who knows? Things could go either way for the Bulldogs. So, I mean, there's chances, you know, I I think the Bulldogs, um, I hate to say this. I think the Bulldogs can win a game or two though. I think that's a good season for them. Um, I know fans in Fredericktown, it's playoffs or nothing, but it's just a different era of Beth center Bulldogs right now as they're trying to figure themselves out. Even a game against West Green also <laughs> might might you know be a calendar appointment for Beth Center. Those teams are not terribly far away um, and don't play each other that often either. Uh, now let's jump here into Charleroi Cougars. Uh, you know this is a team that very interesting last year. You know early in the season it, they looked very rough. Uh, you know only beating Waynesburg by a point, you know, getting crushed by Frazier and McGuffey. Uh, but then they turned it, turned it around later in the year, beating Beth Center 27 nothing. although they lose to Washai and Albert Elton to end out the year. But, you know, what are you going to expect against those two teams? But they bring back a lot of experience. You're looking at Brendan Harps coming back as a starting quarterback. The Pellegrini brothers back in the backfield, Shannon and Woods back at receiver. The weapons are all going to be back for them. Uh, and then, you know, looking on the line, Rodabaugh's back, Jay King is back, Matthew Alton is back. So there is going to be depth on this team coming back. Uh, but is there enough, you know, young returning talent for you um, to get excited about Charleroi maybe threatening a Chargers Houston or a Frazier or, or guys that you, you know you're getting four playoff teams from this conference is the Charleroi a team that you're looking to maybe be on the upswing and jump into that last playoff spot yeah absolutely I really look forward to seeing the Cougars this year you know I'm looking down I see quarterback senior running back senior senior both brothers Shannon senior Woods senior you know, tight end, senior, lineman, senior, 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 senior. That's how you win football games. you got to be your veteran leadership, have to be your key players um, in this game, or, you know, in the game of football. Looking at their schedule, they're going to have a tough week one, or excuse me, oh, I hate this, the week zero, they have a tough matchup, Steel Valley, that's always going to be a tough matchup playing the Ironman. I think might be a scrimmage as well, so it won't end up counting well that'll be a tough scrimmage nonetheless (laughs) no but but okay we'll look at it uh carmichael's week one that's going to be a tough one you know carmichael's we know we talked about them in our last podcast check that out tri-county south preview um they do got manessin that's you know i know we talked how bad manessin we think there it's going to be at manessin that's never an easy place to play especially earlier in the season Um, this is a rivalry game the battle of the charleroi manessin bridge so um but they do have a tough schedule, but um, I, I really I really can see this Charleroi team um, making the playoffs. I think there are a playoff team, personally. 
Um, I, 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 I'm looking at the schedule. Uh, oh, never mind. I see him. I was like, I don't see Wash High on here, but I see him October 15th now. So, but yeah, just looking at non-conference, Nathan. So the Steel Valley game, we'll, we'll say either way, we'll say it's a regular season game. That's going to be a tough one. If it's scrimmage, that's probably a good thing for the Cougars. Carmichael's week one, that's going to be a tough test. Manesson, it's a rivalry game. We'll see what happens there. And late in the season, Albert Gallantin. If this were a normal year, I'd say that should be an easy win. But Albert Gallatin, since they've gone to an independent, leaving the WPIL, they've had their best football teams in years and actually ever uh, since those schools uh, consolidated to make Albert Gallatin. So who knows? But that the game that really intrigues me is the October 29th season finale against Frazier. That could just very well decide the final playoff spot uh, out of this conference. Actually, I think you're right on track there. That game is probably going to decide that fourth playoff spot in this conference. If we both feel as strongly as we do about Chargers Houston, which we'll talk about next. Uh, but I want to jump back here, back into the lineup, because last year uh, it was interesting at quarterback. They were filtering guys in and out early in the year, and Brendan Harps ended up securing that job um, in the, about the middle of the season. But uh you know, I don't. I'm not sure how into Charleroi Cougar football you were last year, but does having him at quarterback, you know, inspire any confidence for you that this team maybe could take the ne- next step with him behind center? Yeah, anytime you bring back a starting quarterback in high school football, that's always you're a you're a step ahead of the competition that isn't bringing one back. If that makes any sense, yeah. Like you, you, that you, you can't that experience he had, whether it was bad or, you know, good or bad, you know, having him back, that is a huge thing. And, and you know, it's just to have him, he might not put up 20 touchdowns, 2,500 yards passing, five interceptions, but just to have that veteran leadership, you know, the field general back, that's huge. And having the Pellegrini brothers back is huge. Just looking down the list, Brennan Shannon back. That's huge. Terrence Woods, that's huge. So the offensive line, you know, <laughs> tackles, guard, center, having them all back, that's huge. Um, yeah, they lost a couple solid linemen last year, but these guys were were in the rotation. That's why I say that. So, so yeah, I, I really think this could be a really good season for the Cougars, a bounce-back year, not telling you they're going to win the conference, but it should be a good bounce back year for the Cougars after going two and five last year. And you just mentioned uh, on the defensive line, you know, they lost, you know, two college ready players. I'm going to say, I mean, they could probably both go division three, at least in Mario Selishai and Dylan Edwards. Uh, you know, now they're going to have to replace both of those guys, especially on the defensive side of the ball. Uh, you know, what do you think, what do you think it's going to take for them to replace those guys? I know Jay King is the the main guy, you know, with all the experience coming back. But um, who else are you looking at here to replace them on the defensive line if they are going to be replaced? Oh yeah, no one individually. Um, you know, it's it's going to have to be a group effort. It's going to have to be a rotation there. Um, you know, they're going to have to make themselves better in practice as we are in HEDAC now. Camp starts next week. They'll have to better themselves and, you know, make a rotation of it, you know. And, and that's good. That's what that's what championship football teams are built off of is not, you know, they have 11 guys, but they have guys behind those 11 guys that coaches can trust just as much as the starters and have them go in, spare the starters a few, 
and still be productive and just as good maybe in some cases. Um, so it's going to have to be a group effort really for Charlotte, and I think they can do that. They have enough experienced guys back last year from that rotation. Yes, it's hard to replace you know, college-level players that were very good and probably the one bright spot that this team had last year. So, yeah, I, I think it'll have to be, like I said, a, a good group effort for the Cougars. Yeah, I mean, when you're looking at the returning production, uh, you know, Charleroi in 2021 kind of reminds me of, and you're going to hate this comparison, but Frazier in mm-hmm. 2020 where, you know, they – Charleroi has a guy that's going to be a playmaker like Brennan Shannon, and Frazier had a guy in 2020 that was, that was like Kenny Fine. Uh, you know, you could make even it's it's kind of a weak comparison, but is that kind of a similar mold? Or we're seeing all this returning production here, and you could see a team like Charleroi really take that ne- next step and threaten for a playoff spot. Yeah, I will say one thing, though. I think the Charleroi team is a lot better than Frazier was last year, and that's even before the Braden Boggs injury. Um, but that, that's that's my opinion. Um, I wasn't as high on Frazier as you were last year, um, and it showed. Um, I, even if they had Braden Boggs, I still don't think they beat Wash High. I don't think they beat McGuffey. Um, it, just was, it was just those two dogs last year. Um, and, and Frazier was the, the little cat, you know, they just, you know, they pounced and took advantage of him. So, but I, I think the Charlotte team is a lot better than maybe some people outside of the century and the Mon Valley, um, um, really think, I, I think this team is someone you should keep an eye out for. And another team that's definitely high on our radar here, uh, the Chargers, Houston Bucks. And going into the last year, no one gave this team any credit, including us. I mean, we uh, you can go back and listen to our preview uh, last year, and we were like, man, we were, we were confident in every century team but Chargers Houston. And Chargers Houston came out last year, and, you know, they didn't look good against Yawk. But they came out and beat Beth Center 21-6. to And I know that game was a game that we looked at, and we were like, huh, because Chargers Houston's defense really shut down the Bulldogs. And then they were tied at halftime, I believe, 14-14 with Wash High. Um, and then Wash High came out and kind of slammed the doors on them. And then they beat Charleroi 48-13. They kept it close to Frazier. Probably should have won that game, honestly. Uh, so Char- and ended up beating Waynesburg 40-14 in a blowout, you know, at the end of the year. So Chargers Houston returning a lot of guys. They're losing um, maybe one of their best athletes in years in Jimmy Sadler, but, you know, they return a lot. Uh, what are your thoughts here about Chargers Houston? Yeah, first things first, I want to apologize to all the Char Houston fans out there for last year being so down on them. But, hey, I, I, I think, like you said, you know, um, we know now how bad Beth Center was last year, but when they first beat Beth Center that they did at Beth Center, that really opened my eyes up. Um, you know, if you guys remember this time last year, I say, and you know how good Char Houston was um, when I played them as a senior, and they were really freshman heavy. Um, when I was a senior, these freshmen are now the seniors, you see, possibly leading the Bucks to a playoff. But I told, I said, I said, I really think these guys can compete for a championship in the Tri-County South. The only thing that's going to, um, lack of a better term, screw them over is getting bumped up to double A. And that's what happened. But they held their own in double A. And, 
you know, they were a two-point conversion away from, you know, taking Frazier for the third spot. Not that that would have got them in the playoffs, but still a lot better, you know, good momentum heading into this year. But return, you know, Terry Fesco, uh, coach's son, a quarterback, Nathan Cavallo, a senior running back. You know, I look at Tavion Miller. Um, there's two stud running backs right there, Colton Craig, wide receiver, you know, uh, Jake Mealy. Uh, they just return a lot, you know, Jordan, Jordan Earson, you know, another one, you know, they, they return a lot of really good talent. Uh, the line, they have good veteran on the line. Let's see, two seniors, a junior, a couple sophomores, you know, but that's okay. Uh, um, and they got a favorable schedule too, to really to start the season off too. They got a lot of momentum rolling for Char Houston. The Char Houston team really reminds me uh, of that 2019 Char Houston team that really got off to running the gates, got humbled by West Green in California, but still that level. But with the expanded playoff now, Char Houston might be a playoff team. Yeah, and speaking of that, you know, I was about to ask you, you're, you're looking at the schedule now. I mean. Fort Cherry is probably win. Riverview is probably win. At Mabletown, probably win. Beth Center at home, probably win. So you're looking at maybe a 4-0 start heading into that Wash High game at the end of September. Uh, uh, you, and you look across the board at the century. I mean, this is a much this is a weaker conference, especially in the back half of it. Uh, are you looking at Chargers Houston maybe as being the best of the rest for the season, meaning the best of anyone not named Wash High or McGuffey? Yeah, absolutely. Um, and, you know, the, the things go their way. I think they might be able to pull one off against McGuffey. But, yeah, I, I look heading into September 24th of Wash High. At worst, they should be 3-1. and one. Uh, Riverview, you know, I, I, the Riverview is a very solid program. They could uh, beat the Bucks that night. So, But there's no reason that Fort, they should lose to Fort Cherry, Mapletown, or Beth Center. So they should be 3-1 and one heading into Wash High on the 24th. And then from there – you know, they host Charleroi, they're at Frazier, host McGuffey at Waynesburg, and they got an open date as of right now for that last week of the season. Uh, that's an interesting date. I'd kind of be shocked if they get one, or, or not necessarily get one, but want one, you know, as they have it in the last week of the season. You know, why schedule another game that doesn't matter right before playoffs, and you might, you know, have a couple guys go down to injury. So if I were to guess, I'd say that open date will stay open. Yeah, but California and Bell Vernon both did the same heading into the playoffs last year where, yeah. Yeah. I just think, I just think that'd be the smart thing to do would just not have that game because it's going to be an on-conference game. Obviously it's not going to matter retrospectively, you know, unless you, you, unless you'd schedule like a Sarah Catholic who, if you beat Sarah Catholic, you might get a, a better playoff seed, but I, I, you know, I just think it's not worth the risk. So, but you know, their schedule favorable, non-conference, very favorable, uh, with four cherry maple town. So uh, two of the three. So yeah, you know, this Char Houston team, I, I think people really need to be on the lookout for them because it's like I said, kind of like we talked with Charlotte, with a lot of seniors, very talented kids that have been playing since they were freshmen. And now it's their time to really, you know, open it up one last two raw um, and make the playoffs and, uh, you know, bring uh, a little bit of normalcy back to Houston, Pennsylvania. This is a program that is known for making the playoffs, known for having very good teams. They haven't, 
made the playoffs the last couple of years. This is going to be the team, in my opinion, to get them back to where uh, Terry Fetchko has had this program for uh, many years. Yeah, and even looking at their defense, I mean, especially early in the year last year, we were talking about how strong Charlie Houston's defense was. I mean, you know, shutting down Beth Center, uh, you know, holding Frazier to seven points even in a loss. Uh, You know, they were able to create a lot of turnovers as well. And then they're adding on top of that Cannon Mack transfer, Anthony Capazzoli, who I believe sat out last year because he was a late transfer or something like that. Uh, But even adding him to an already strong defensive line, the offensive line brings back almost everyone. I mean, this team is going to have depth too. And that's something to be excited about um, if you're a Bucks fan. And, you know, final question here for them. I mean, we talk about how good Chargers Houston is going to be la- this year. And even last year, I, you know, tied at halftime with Wash High 14-14. I mean, they were definitely within striking distance, even if the Prexies came out in the second half and, you know, lit them up. But, uh, you know, what are you looking at here as far as those three teams? Is Chargers Houston, you know, even a step closer than Frazier was last year as far as, you know, closing the gap between two and three in this conference. Yeah, I do, because I think McGuffey is down compared to where they were last year. You know, they don't have the three-headed monster in the backfield that they did last year. Really four, if you look at Rocco Falosk, a quarterback. Um, so, yeah, I think the gap's a lot closer for Char Houston than it was uh, Frazier last year with McGuffey and Wash High. Um, it's very slim with McGuffey. I think it's a little bit bigger with Wash High. We'll get to them later in the show. But, yeah, it, this Char Houston team um, have the talent to compete for a conference championship. All right, you heard it here first. Chargers Houston is going to be uh, appointment viewing in 2021. And that's something I'm really excited for because I think this team has been one of the sleepers, the growing sleepers over the last couple of years where they've had, you know, a lot of, I mean, they're not going to be struggling with numbers this year. Let's just say that. So, uh, definitely an exciting team, uh, to look out for there mm-hmm. in Houston, Pennsylvania. Now another team let's transition now into, um, one of my favorites, but uh, I have a feeling this is going to be a more painful seg- segment for me. The Frazier Commodores, you know, last year I felt was kind of their swan song. Even losing Braden Boggs, having Kenny Fine all year, running all over the century, uh, beating Charleroi, a team that, you know, Charleroi has historically had great success with the Commodores. And, you know, they were beating Ligonier Valley up until the Boggs injury. They crushed Waynesburg. They beat Chargers Houston on the road, crushed Beth Center, and almost threatened for that playoff spot. Ended up losing to Washai in the season capper. But, um, you know, Frazier coming back with, you know, maybe the most talented linebacker duo in Braden Bacino and Aaron Penny Pinto. But, Beside from Boggs coming back, the offense is definitely, you know, going to take a step back. So what are you looking here, looking at here from Frazier? And do you think they return enough where you can feel confident that Frazier can uh, compete for a playoff spot here? Yeah, I think they can definitely compete for a playoff spot. But it, like you said, it's, there's going to be a lot of their offense last year was Kenny Fine. And you obviously don't have Kenny Fine. Who's going to replace Kenny Fine and step up? Um, I look at Dom Durcone. I think he's going to be have to be the one uh, that steps up for Kenny Fine. You know, Boggs, I'm sure, is going to take his position back at quarterback. Um, you know, Durcone did very well quarterback last year when he came in. Um, you know, it was tough out of the gate, you know, losing at McGuffey 42-0. to I was that when I saw his early struggles. But 
uh, rallied the troops at the Commodores, three straight wins, only giving up six points in those three weeks. Um, and then, you know, he led them to the finish line and taking on Wash High, and they played the monster that was Wash High um, in the final game of the season. And, uh, yeah, it's, it's just going to it's gonna be a tough year, like you said, for the Commodores. Um, a lot of this is going to be on Braden Boggs. His senior year, what's he going to be able to do? Um, the running back core, are they going to be able to step up? And Dom Dorcoon, he's going to have to take a lot of, you know, he's just the one I look at. He's going to have to take a lot of uh, the uh, the the um, targets. Excuse me, I couldn't think of the word there. He's going to have to take a lot of the targets that Kenny Fine got last year um, and, and do what he can with them. So it's definitely going to be not an explosive as offense as we saw last year from Frazier, um, but still a, a very solid one at that. Yeah, and taking over Kenny Fine, that's not an easy task. I mean, talk about, you know, a generational talent from the Fraser Commodores. And I think Anthony Muccioli might be the leading candidate at running back, but we'll see, you know, a guy like Dominic Taranto could pop up, Adam Phillips, guys like that. Uh, you know, in defensively, I think Fraser is one of the more top heavy teams as far as talent. I mean, coming back with Nicholas Vitali, it's a senior defensive lineman, a really strong guy who played well last year. Uh, Braden Bacino and Pena Pinto as well as linebacker. So those three guys are one of the you know top talents in this conference. But there is some glaring gaps when you look at the defense, and it, that could hurt them as far as Frazier goes. I am not as strong as on Frazier, but um, taking a look at their schedule, Bishop Canavan starting off the season, I have. I feel good about that one if you're a Commodores fan. Um, but at Brentwood, uh, probably a loss. Bentworth at home, probably win. So you're looking at a 2-2 two and two record coming out of out-of-conference. Uh, what are you looking at here as far as Frazier's schedule the rest of the way? Yeah, well, we'll find out pretty quick what to expect. Yeah, we'll, you know, we'll find out you know pretty quickly what to expect from – uh, Frazier's or Frazier this year, just in general, not only their offense but their defense, um, as we'll be there um, for that Saturday kickoff against um, Bishop Canavan. But yeah, Abrewood, that's going to be a tough one. Uh, the Bentworth game, I think, like you said, there'll be a win. Tough one at Ligonier Valley. I think Ligonier Valley is going to be um, a dark horse in their respective conference um, in their second year uh, coming to the WPIL. Uh, McGuffey, that's going to be a tough one. Waynesburg should be a win. Char Houston, that's going to be a big game. Uh, at Beth Center should be easy. Wash High, that'll be a tough one. Then uh, the game, I think it's going to come down to, and who knows by the time that game rolls around, maybe we'll be there um, at Charleroi in the Mon Valley for that game. Um, so yeah, it, it's it's going to be um, very interesting to say the least. I think it's going to be another exciting season for Frazier as far as waiting until the last game of the season to see if they're going to make the playoffs or not. But, um, yeah, it's it's, it's going to be a little stressful. Make sure if you're a Frazier fan to have a pressure cuff near you the whole season. Yeah, I mean, it seems like throughout the whole schedule it's like play an easy game at home, then play an extremely tough mm-hmm. game on the road, then play an easy game at home, then extremely tough on the road, and then it flip-flops mm-hmm. at the end of the season where they host Wash High. Uh, yeah, I mean, it's going to be an up-and-down season for Frazier. And uh, 
that's something that they had two years ago. Last year, they were a little bit more consistent, but um, we'll see what Greg Boggs is able to cook up here. I still have confidence that they're going to be competitive in this conference for sure. Um, but yeah, it, 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 I, I have confidence that Brain Boggs is going to be one of the better talents, but there's going to be a lot of gaps here on this team. Uh, let's jump into here in McGuffey, the def- returning century champions. Um, they lose their quarterback in Rocco Falosk, but they got you know some guys competing for that spot now. Uh, McGuffey is entering an interesting time here, where they're now and they now are tasked with defending their century championship. Um, do you think McGuffey's going to be able to pull it off here? I personally, no, I don't think that they'll be able to pull it off. I think they'll be able to beat everybody else, but look at their schedule. It's a game we're scheduled to be at right now, October 29th at Wash High, Battle of I-70. That's the season. It's going to be a tough <laughs> like, – that's what it comes down to every year. It's these two teams. They're two great coaching staffs has put them into this two great coaches. When you think of the best coaches in this area, as far as what I'm talking, the Tri-Cata, which is Washington, Green, and Fayette, two come to mind, Ed Dalton, Mike Bosnick. So – um, you know, they're going to have those teams ready for that game, and that's what it's going to come down to, just as it does every year. Um, it was a shame that game was the first game of the season. Um, no fans. I was at that game. That was just a very big disappointment. Um, no, Like I said, no fans there. It, it, was, a, it was very weird to me because I was there a year ago, and you were there with me when it was at McGuffey, Washington McGuffey, playing the last game of the season for the conference and how the atmosphere of that game was. Um, you know, you can attest to that. You were there. I was there for WTAE. And to see that and then one year later the opener – and there's nobody in the crowd. Just very, very disappointing. Um, but hopefully, with the vaccines rolling out and everything, October 29th at Wash High, hopefully we'll see another great atmosphere with two great football programs again. But to answer your question, McGuffey, I don't know if I could put them over the Prexies right now. I don't know. I I I feel strangely confident about mm-hmm. McGuffey just because of I mean they've been grooming a guy like Philip McEwen at quarterback for even the last couple of years. I know last year he was a guy that competed with Phalos for the starting job at camp. Um, so I I feel confident at quarterback at least like he's a guy that knows the system and will probably be able to perform it pretty well. A guy at running back you already talked about Kyle Brookman. I mean. He should be an exciting talent to watch. Christian Cipolletti's been in that system for years. That third guy is still, you know, a revolving door as of now. Uh, the defensive and offensive lines are always going to be strong. Um, they're always going to have guys back and guys filling in. I mean, this is just a very, you know, solid system that McGuffey has. And, yeah, I mean, it all comes down to that Wash High game. But they also have some interesting out-of-conference games that could maybe set them up for success. I mean, if you compare Wash High's out-of-conference schedule with McGuffey's out-of-conference schedule, they're vastly different. I mean, I wonder if McGuffey's going to be even more prepared than the Prexies would be for that game just because they're playing, you know, at Southmoreland, at Stowe Rocks, at Lindsley on October 1st. Like that could even become an advantage for McGuffey, you know, entering that final game, don't you think? Yeah, absolutely. You know, you get better from competition. 
Well, their schedule, Lindsley, the last year and this year, you don't get better from beating on um, Beth Center's 49 nothing. You don't get better from beating Waynesburg's 56 nothing. You get better from playing better competition. Even if that means you lose, it's going to make you better in the long run. Yeah, it's going to be an interesting season for McGuffey. I mean, I feel I feel confident that they're going to be you know right near the top of the division uh, once again, and that's going to be exciting for them as well. So, uh, you know, a little bit of a question here. Uh, you know, is this McGuffey team? You know, we saw them win the conference last year, and they've taken a slow step up every single year for the last couple of years. You know, is this their time where they take the next step, or is it time where they, you know, start to restructure a little bit um, with some of the youth coming in? Uh, the thing that has going, and that's for everyone, is the extended playoffs. I think that's going to be huge. I think that's going to be better momentum, uh, momentum uh, builders for programs is to maybe win a playoff game and then move into the next round and have a little confidence in you, a little more pep in your step. And I think that could be the case for this uh, McGuffey team. Yeah, I mean, if they open up the playoffs and they're playing mm-hmm. a team like a Laurel maybe or one one of the lower teams that are in 2A in another conference, I mean, I could see McGuffey easily winning a winning a playoff game if they come in first or second in this in this division. Uh, so let's jump into now the other um, top two team in this conference and another team that I'm sure people will be looking for a rebound because they kind of had a little bit of a disappointing season last year. Uh, the Washington Prexies, I mean, 5-3 and three last year, the playoff loss to Apollo Ridge, not the way they wanted to end the season last year. Um, the home game finale against Frazier, I'm, I'm sure, gave them a little confidence, but it seemed like in every single loss that Wash I had last year, there was one common denominator, and that was turnovers. And what are you looking for now as far as Wash I entering the season, um, trying to fix the turnover bug, and if they do, is Wash High, you know, the favorites to win this conference once again? Yeah, yeah, that's you know that was the you, you, you know you hit the you hit the nail right on the head. Um, it, that was the that was what killed Wash High season last year was um, fumbles, um, turnovers that just shouldn't have happened. Um, they had a chance to beat McGuffey late in the game, um, fumble on the handoff. And uh, we look at the Apollo Ridge game, the disaster that that was, um, turnover galore. And that was the big thing. That was the story for Wash High. Even in games they won, you know, there were still turnovers. Uh, you know, just a very, very unprecedented for a Wash High team. Um, so I'm sure that's definitely going to be the big thing. You know, Mike Boss <laughs> might be like, remember the Titans, you fumble, you run a mile, <laughs> you know, miss a block, you run a mile. No, but, but you get what I mean. Like, I think that's going to be the very, the big emphasis um, this year for the Prexies is going to be holding on to the football because they can hold on to the football. You know, this team, this team has the potential to uh, win 2A. I, I truly believe that um, they're going to have, I'm not going to say it's going to be easy, but you know, Wash High is Wash High. Um, you know, a little, little plug to the Steelers. The standard is the standard, uh, Mike Tomlin. But, uh, you know, that's the same at Wash High. The standard is the standard, and that's winning WPIL championships. 
Yeah, and, uh, you know, you look at up and down this roster, I mean, wholesale last year's roster is probably more talented, but I think this year's roster is probably a little bit more cohesive, at least, where you're looking at the running back core. Yeah, you don't have your Mike Allen, you don't have your Amari Miller, but you got Tayshawn Levy coming back at running back, and that's exciting because we've seen a lot of spark from him the last two years, and now he's entering his senior year, and you could argue maybe the best running back in this conference, Mario Griffin behind him, a guy that we've seen flashes of as well. Uh, you know, outside a receiver, some some very exciting names. I mean, Brandon Patterson has been there for the last couple of years, um, entering his senior season. You know, but the guy that we really weren't expecting at the beginning of last year and really showed out was Davon Fusey quarterback. And I asked you pre-podcast, is this guy maybe the best player in this conference? And you were like, you know, maybe. I mean, we talked about Kyle Brookman maybe being that. Um, but, you know, Davon Fuse, he didn't have a full camp at quarterback. Like, he's a wide receiver transferring from Trinity to a new school, learning a new offense, and now a new position. And uh, Mike Bosnick, you know, arguably maybe the best quarterback in the century last year. And now he's entering a season where he's got a full camp at quarterback, what are you looking at now that Davon Fuse might be, you know, the playmaker on this offense that maybe the Prexes have missed for the last couple of years? Yeah, the the thing about uh, you know Davon is what I really noticed his arm got so much better from week one against McGuffey to the last game of the season. Is how much better it got within one season. Not that it was bad against McGuffey. That's not what I say. That's what I want to mean when I say that at all. Just got so much better, so much more strength, more better spiral, um, and yeah, he's a, he's a two way threat. He can run, he can outrun you, and, and he can he can throw past you. <laughs> and and Tayshawn Levy, he got him back. He was the best, in my opinion, of the Wash High running back trio that they had last year. Uh, Mario Griffin, he was or he was impressive in his showing. Brandon Patterson, I feel like he's been there for eight years now at Wash High. This should be, you know, he's it's his time to step up. Tyler Roberts is another one. I think he'll have a good sophomore campaign. I've heard a lot of good things about him. Um, and one guy you didn't mention, Cam Carter-Green leading the line. Uh, you know, he's going to, you know, he was an all-backyard player. Um, one of the best players in the century last year, especially on the interior lineman side, and probably one of the best in two A's. All that goes. So, um, yeah, well, they got him anchoring the line for Levy and Fuse, and uh, you know, I think I think Bosnick, um, I think he knows what he's working with. Obviously, he's been there before. He's got a WPI championship ring on his finger. He knows what he's doing. He knows how to win. Um, and this team's not going to be any different. Yeah, I definitely think the personnel <laughs> is all there. I mean, you. You can see that this is a team that, although they don't have like a top end talent like a guy, who is a guy who went to Liberty a couple of years ago? Uh, man, name escapes me. M- Mitchell. All right, Chase Mitchell. I remember. <laughs> okay, thank you. Uh, but you know, like they don't have that top end college talent on this team. But I think if you look up and down the lineup, they're just very depth wise solid all, all the way around, even replacing the guys that they lost last year, like a Vandal page at linebacker or what, or what have you like they, they have enough talent there where you can feel confident that they're going to win this conference and that they should show out in the playoffs as well. And looking up and down the schedule, man, I mean, we talked about how hard McGuffey's away games were like, look at the away games they got scheduled here. Like, 
a road trip to Jeff Morgan that's basically right down the road, essentially, and it's not that's not a very, you know that that's not a road game where you shudder. Um at Waynesburg, you know, right down the road, at Beth Center, pretty close as well. At Frazier should be very winnable near the end of the season as well. And the rest of the games at home, they host Clareton, and that's probably their toughest out of conference game. Yeah, I mean, this could be another undefeated team for the Prexies, honestly. If they beat McGuffey. <laughs> like Yeah, I agree hundred uh, percent. you know, they should be definitely two and on. I really look forward to that game. Um, September 10th when we travel to I-70 Stadium to see him take on the Clareton Bears. You know, we got two of the most historic programs in the WPIL taking on each other. That should be a fun one. Um, and then, yeah, this this could easily be another undefeated Wash High football team. And, you know, you feel pretty confident about them getting in the third round if they finish first here. You know, that this really is a one-game season for both <laughs> McGuffey <laughs> and Wash High. Uh, you know, them playing each other. Although, you know, you mentioned the Clareton game, that's definitely going to be on the radar as well. All right, let's talk about, you know, probably, I know this is probably the most disappointing team for you last year. Um, probably one of the toughest stakes uh, as far as last season's previews go. Uh, I was also kind of high on them, and they just did not show out here. And, um, you know, the playing in 3A really kind of, gave Waynesburg an excuse like, hey, we're playing in 3A, we're playing Aliquippa, we're playing uh, Beaver Falls, we're playing all these teams every year, Central Valley, they're all in our conference. And, you know, that kind of masked the issues that we're showing at the Waynesburg program. Um, tragic, The tragic loss of Coach Chad Koss last year, uh, just terrible. Uh, but they got Aaron Georgie coming over from Jefferson Morgan to be the head coach. But, you know, this Waynesburg team, they played so many freshmen last year, uh, just so many. Uh, Braden Woods, exciting talent. Uh, I'll let you take it from here, though. Yeah, Braden Woods, he's definitely going to be their workhorse. He's going to have to <laughs> get a lot of carries and get beat up. Um, that's really all I got to say on Wayne's part. Really, it's 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 going to be a rough year again. Um, you know, they're, you know, I. I I'm not in those kids' position, but I know what happened to their head coach. I'm sure that's got to be weighing on them, especially right now. Um, you know, the unexpected passing of Chad Koss. Um, you know, I, I don't know what to say, you know, about that. Only those kids know what they're going through. I'm sure it's – I can only imagine what's going through their heads not having their, uh, you know, their leader for the past couple years with them. Um, and having this, uh, you know, Georgie, and I'm sure it's hard for Georgie too, you know. Um, it wasn't like, you know, where this position was open because of a firing or a resignation. Um, you know, it was um, unprecedented circumstances at Waynesburg Central and unfortunate circumstances. So, um, you know, it's going to be a tough year all around for Waynesburg, but I think there's potential for Braden Woods to have a really great season, maybe one of the leading rushers in the WPIL, just because he's going to get so many carries that, you know, it should be easy for him to rack up yards, um, especially in garbage time. But, yeah, and their schedule, it doesn't make it any easier. At Carmichael's, at Bentworth, California, Wash High, you know, the whole rest of them. They do have an open date. We'll see what they do there. Maybe they'll schedule – um, the West Virginia School of the Blind, who knows? But, um, yeah, we'll see. 
I mean, Benworth seems to be the most winnable game on that schedule. I even think they might be like favorites for that game early in the season. Yeah, yeah I agree. Yeah, Benworth doesn't. And, look and at Beth Center, I think that I think they should handle their own against Beth Center. Yeah, I mean, two wins would be, you know, that'd be a really good season for Waynesburg, considering, you know, when's the last time they won a game? Like three, four years ago for Waynesburg? No, they they won one, not last year, the year before. They beat Ambridge. I was at that game. I worked that game. Okay. What what did you see from that game? <laughs> like, I, I'm um, like, Waynesburg is a program where it's like, they play like, they've played amazing teams the last <laughs> couple of years, and it's just completely masked all their problems i think like we haven't seen them play like they haven't been on the level playing field until last year i think so now that they're on level playing field we're seeing what waynesburg really is so i i don't know where i don't i'm very confused about how this program you know resurrects itself essentially well we we know there's athletes in yeah, that exactly. school That's i mean look like, at their rest their wrestling program uh, wrestles triple a they don't have triple a numbers but yet they roll through states and wrestling um you know they have division one guys going at baseball other college athletes there a lot of athletes on the soccer team um chase hankins coming over to play kicker that's you know the one athlete they got off that team um yeah but just we know there's athletes in that building it's just Georgie's got to come in now and try to get those athletes to come out for football. Um, that's, you know, it's just what he's going to have to do. It's going to be easier said than done for sure. But, yeah, I mean, you would think Waynesburg coming down, they're not playing, you know, the the uh, gauntlet of having Quaker Valley, Central Valley, Aliquippa, Beaver Falls, <laughs> back to back to back to back, you know. So, um yeah, I, 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 like you said, two wins would be a phenomenal season for the Raiders this year. Considering I think they've, they, they, considering they have won two games in the last four years, and it's, I think it's definitely doable too. I mean, so many sophomores and juniors on this team. There's definitely reason for optimism. Like Braden Woods, sophomore season, <laughs> if he was that good last year, like he, this team should. I mean, the jury's still out. I think they gotta find the quarterback, obviously. But I mean, there, there's there's gonna be depth here as far as for the future, so that's exciting. I mean, you've seen a team like Maple Town where they looked pretty rough in some of their guys' sophomore and freshman year, where now we're excited about Maple Town. So maybe in two years' time, we'll be looking at a Waynesburg team that's super senior laden and now and now threatening for maybe that, you know, four out of seven playoff spot. And that'll be positive momentum for this program. And that's something that that move down from 3A kind of afforded them as well. Uh, Let's jump into our predictions here for the conference. Uh, Going from seven to one, who you got at seven? Never thought growing up that I would have this program in last place of a conference the previous season, but I'm going to have to go with the Beth Center for Bulldogs. Yeah. <laughs> it's just different times right now in Fredericktown. But, hey, you still got the Fredericktown Butcher Shop, so that's a win in my book. But um, have you ever been to the Fredericktown Butcher Shop? I've Nathan? never heard of it until three seconds ago, so tell me about oh, it. Oh, my God. Uh, it's, I mean, it's 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 – it's a treat for me. It's very. It's right on the river, right before you enter Fredericktown, the town itself. 
Um, and there's a big sign, Beth Center Stadium. You make a left going to the train trussle. Uh, very great. You know, we get chickens there all the time, um, you know, to roast them on a spit. Um, it, it just incredible meats there. You know, they have fresh produce grown locally. Um, it, it, it's, it's a really great store. Every time I go in the Mon Valley, so like – we really got us stuck on it. We played when <laughs> we played little league basketball in the Beth Center League. That's where we always played on Saturdays. Was at Beth Center. We'd always go there. Now every time I go to the Mon Valley to like Cal U for West Green softball and stuff, I always have to stop at Fredericktown Butcher Shop on the way back. It's like a tradition now. Like I can remember as a kid, they'd give free samples of chicken to kids if they wanted them, and I'd always walk around and try to hit it when they'd have a different um, person wait on you. So I'd get like a dozen free samples, and then get one to go. <laughs> so that was just a little little plug there, Fredericktown Butcher Shop. If you're in the backyard, hit it up. Lovely place, lovely people, great food. If we ever are back at Beth Center, we have to do a feature from there. I think we haven't been to Beth. Well, Center. we're going to Cal. We're going to California, so we're going to I mean, stop. That's true. It, 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 we're stopping. If we're in the Mon Valley, we're stopping. All right. Well, that's a deal. I'm writing it down right now. <laughs> All right. I also had Beth Center at seven, though. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, this program. There's just so many questions. New coach. You know, probably a new quarterback as well with Coons out. I don't know where the offense is coming from. How they're going to score points. Um, yeah, best center at seven for me. Six for me, uh, Waynesburg Raiders. Uh, I'm sure, you know, when you're deciding between Waynesburg and Beth Center, that's kind of a tough choice. But I think Waynesburg has Braden Woods and Beth Center does not. So who you have at six? Yeah, copy and paste what you said, Braden Woods. All right. And who did you have at five? So this one was the toughest one. I'm sure it was for you, too, especially for your love of a certain Frazier Commodores. Um, but I I have to put Frazier here, and that pains me to say because I really like I really like Braden Boggs. I think he's a very talented player. I like Dom Dracone. I like the, the leadership role he really took on last year as that um, as the second-string quarterback, he became starter um, because of Boggs' injury. I, I just think that their time was last year with Kenny Fine. And, uh, you know, they, they return a lot of talent, but I just think last year was the year for the Commodores. Yeah, it definitely feels as though the window has passed. I mean, it feels like, you know, now we're hearing rumors of some num- number problems there as well. Um, you know, at Frazier and, you know, Boggs, the senior season, I'm sure he's going to go out and be the team leader that he's been for the last couple of years. Right. And, uh, they're going to have very good players, especially on defense. We might see a defense or team, like Chargers Houston was last year where their defense was really good and their offense was, you know, was really generated around one or two guys and now they're back with even more depth. That could be Frazier this year where we see a lot of freshmen and sophomores come up and maybe show some promise. Uh, but, yeah, I think Frazier just misses out on the playoff spot here. Who do you have a number four here, that first playoff spot? Yeah, at four, I have the Charleroi Cougars. And like I said earlier, I think that last game of the season, October 29th, um, Frazier at Charleroi is what's going to decide it. Um, 
And I think Charlotte gets the edge, home field advantage. They got that going for them. I think I think Charlotte just has more returning talent. Um, that's that's what it came down to for me. I'm not, you know, it, Charlotte Roy is just going to be a better team than Frazier. That's all. That's all it is. Yeah, I mean, they're going to be able to score points, and Frazier. I mean, Brandon Box can't do it all himself, and. Charleroi is has those weapons and the Pellegrini brothers, Woods and Shannon and Brandon Harps, like all those guys are going to score points and Frazier only has one of those guys right now that we've seen, you know, prove it on the field. So uh that's why I put Charleroi at a four for me, as much as it hurt. I mean, don't get mad at me, Frazier fans. I still am a diehard Frazier Commodore High School supporter, but you know, I had to go with my head here on this one. All right, and that leaves the best of the rest spot, basically, because I'm sure you didn't put, you know, Chargers Houston in the top two. So who do you have at number three? Wash High. Really? No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> no, 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 no. I, I have the Chargers. I have the Chargers Houston Buccaneers. Um, like you said, the best of the rest. Uh, we know who the two teams in this conference are competing every year. It's Wash High. It's McGuffey. That's all it is to it. Char Houston, though, they're they're really the best of the rest, and they are going to be a very talented football team and a football team that's going to win a lot of games, and they're going to get into the WPIL playoffs. And who knows from there, you know? So I'm excited to really see Char Houston this year. For me personally, playing against these seniors when they were freshmen and seeing where they've come and how they've adapted to playing a two-way, um, to me, I feel – Someone attached to them a little bit to follow them and to root for them even so i'm really excited for the star houston team and you definitely get kind of that underdog like <laughs> you know that that feeling of just like this team is both fun but also a little dangerous like when you like this year when you show up against Chargers houston like you're you're gonna actually have to put like your game face on it it's not the Chargers houston team of two years ago where we saw, you know, West Green have their way with them a little bit in California. And, um, like, Chargers Houston w- was, you know, the best of the rest in the Tri-County South two years ago, to put it plainly. So, there you go. <laughs> put up, Play it in the locker room before the Wash High and McGuffey games. Like... <laughs> Hey, the greatest underdog in history of sports, Rocky Balboa, straight out of Philadelphia, PA, best underdogs, Char Houston. Give it to me, three C. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I, I feel. I it's almost like, like it's almost it's almost like semi pro. Will Ferrell, you ever watched that movie? I have not. Please say yes. Oh my gosh. <laughs> well, anyway, there, there, uh, there's the Flint uh, Tropics. Flint, Michigan, and they're in the ABA, but they're going to the ABA shutting down. They're merging with the NBA. The top four teams are going. And they're just they're just set, you know we only need to get fourth place. So there's the big thing: fourth place, fourth place, kind of thing. Jar Houston, third place, third place. Uh, it flew over your head. It wasn't worth it. People, if you know, you know. That's all. I'm Last thing about Chargers Houston. I last year when we discussed um, this conference, we were like, all right, we know McGuffey and Wash are one and two, but there's just a whole mess of teams behind them. 
And now it kind of feels like Wash High and McGuffey are one and two. Chargers Houston is three, and now there's a whole mess of teams behind them. Is, do, does it feel like that to you where there's even a gap now between the third and the fourth team where we're both so sold on Chargers Houston that there's not even like a question of, you know, can a Charleroi finish third or can a Frazier finish third? Uh, I'm not going to say that. I still think it's up in question. The Chargers Houston still has to go and prove themselves. This is just us previewing what we expect. We've been wrong before. Look at me. I had Waynesburg making the playoffs last year. So, you know, you still got to go out. You still got to play the game. I think Charge, like I said, I have Charge Houston there because I think they're the favorite. I think there is a slight gap, but, you know, they still got to go. You know, you still got to go out and play the game. You know, that Charlotte they could slip up against Charlotte. Not so, let's not forget Frazier last year by one point, you know. So, and that Frazier team was down. So, you know, they still got to go out. You still play the game. But maybe you think it is. All right. And then that leaves the top two spots. Now, this is where it gets interesting because McGuffey won the conference last year, which means Washington is not returning champions. Uh, that might give them a little bit of a pep in their step, I think. Uh, but who do you have a one and who do you have a two? Yeah, one. Um, it, pretty easy choice for me, just the talent they return. I got the Prexies of Wash High at number one and McGuffey at number two. It's been these two teams – the the last decade, even this millennium, it's been those two teams. Um, even when McGuffey was a 3A and they weren't even in the conference, it was Wash High and McGuffey. <laughs> like, it was those two teams. And that's what's going to be again this year. I think the Prexies um, are really, you know, they you know they got that game circled. You, you know, they're, you know, they are the only, you know, you're talking about a Wash High program that didn't lose to their arch rival at all in the 2010s. First game of 2020 decade, they lose to McGuffey. You know, you know very well that they have that game circled and that Wash High doesn't plan to lose to McGuffey again until the 2030s and even past then. And that game hasn't been, you know, at Wash High Stadium in a couple years now, right? Because they had it uh, at McGuffey last year and the year before. Um, you know, what an environment that's going to be. I mean, that's our game of the week for sure right now. Mm. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, I got Wash High 1. I'm not as confident as you are because I think McGuffey still has a boatload of talent coming back. That game, you know, two years ago, remember, McGuffey, there was still a gap between those teams. Like, we talk about that game being really competitive, but fourth quarter, Wash High – put their foot down, right? So there was still a gap, but I'm not sure that gap is as big as it was two years ago. So that'll just about wrap things up here. Any final words here on the century? Fredericktown Butcher Shop right now is the number one place out of all. No. I, yeah, no, but I'll just decide, like I say, every podcast, really looking forward to the season, looking forward to the century conference. Um, I think it's going to be a lot better than last year. Um, you know, I really look for a lot of great talent as far as individuals in this conference as well. Um, and yeah, we're going to have a lot of games this game of the week in the Century Conference, two games at Wash High. Um, you know, I look forward to those ones. I, you know, Clarendon coming to town and then the I-70 matchup between uh, Wash High and McGuffey. So always look forward to covering the Century. 
Absolutely. It's going to be a fun one. I know these teams now entering the third year of covering, covering most of them. It's going to be exciting to see some of these guys. Senior season that um, we, we've seen, you know, over the past couple of years. Literally, our first game that we covered, you know, as a company was Beth's, was a home game at Beth Center. So, uh, you know, it's exciting to see some of these teams, you know, rise up. Obviously, that season, or the last game was a wash high McGuffey game. So, even more exciting to end it this season with that game. All right, that'll just about wrap it up here. You can go follow us on Twitter. Just a couple plugs here at PA Backyard. You can find us on Instagram there as well. Uh, email us, uh, PA Backyard at Gmail, or Backyard PA Sports at Gmail. And uh, what else am I forgetting? PA Football News. Go check them out. They're doing some player previews, uh, some previews of teams as well uh jeremiah i forgot to send this to you but damani stafford posted his player preview today and do you want to know what he said was his best game last year what his favorite game winning was the carmichael's game it was the avella game and you want to know why it was the avella game because you picked avella. <laughs> he said because everyone thought we were gonna lose <laughs> i was like Wait a second. <laughs> I think we were probably the only people in the universe who picked development. Do not Carter. do <laughs> like, I was gonna say, do not do not mention <laughs> I did not pick Avella. I was not on the Eagle train that you were. Um I was on Earth, not Cloud Nine, so I was still, you know, still sensible as much as I wanted to pick the upset, but I didn't. So listen, disclaimer out there, I picked California. Don't forget it. I swear they were playing our like they had to they definitely played our podcast at some point like during practice or is it like the, the like even their coach was talking about it after the game like there has never That's been a by mistake me. I, I think hey <laughs> hey I love it I love oh, it oh man I don't you know I don't care what they think of my opinions I just as long as they listen that's all matters to me absolutely <laughs> you know, it's just one man's opinion hey you gotta go out and play the game I mean that was you gotta go out great. and play the game yeah you hey Herm Edwards you play to win the game. All right. <laughs> I, I mean, yeah. All right. Let's finish it up here. Uh, it is currently 1130 and I, and I think we're both pretty tired. Um, so, yeah, PA Football News. Go check him out. And, you know, see Damani Stafford's player preview. See all the other stuff. He said Walla was better than Sheets, and I would have to disagree with him on that one. Um, yeah, I think <laughs> I'm going to have to un- I think I'm going to have to unfollow him on all platforms for that comment. <laughs> Uh, let's see here. You can go check out our other podcast on Castbox. Uh, you can go check me out at Nathan Grella on Twitter. You can check out Jeremiah at Jeremiah Jeremiah Miller Zero. That's right, right? Yeah, I, I sorry, I keep switching it up on you like every football <laughs> season, but I think I'm going to keep it at this one for now because it's the best one I've had. All right, and I think that just about does it. So go check all of that out, all that stuff out. Go check us out on Teespring and Patreon as well. Aside from that, this has been the Backyard PA Football Podcast. I'm Nathan Grella. I'm Jeremiah Miller. And you will see us next time when we're doing a fun one as we learn some new teams in the area. We talk about the 3A Interstates. We're excited to talk about some Elizabeth Forward football action, uh, South Allegheny, um, some new teams. So that's going to be exciting. See you guys next time. Clear eyes, full hearts, can't lose. You've been listening to the Backyard PA Football Podcast with Nathan Grella and Jeremiah Miller.
Contact us on Facebook, Twitter, or through email. Support us on Patreon, and check out some merch on Teespring. Thank you for listening. You're still here? It's over. Go home. Go.